From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary, and still enjoying our status as one of the top 20 black conservative podcasts uh, on the internet to follow in 2023. I'm still grateful for that, and I'd like to mention that because it's really a tribute to you, the coalition, uh, the fans of the show, and uh, of all the hard work um, my team has uh, done to help us get better. So, I'm a great. I'm seriously grateful for that. We are right here on a hump day, September thirteenth, twenty twenty-three, and believe me, folks, it's still getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> Uh, especially when it comes to right now what's going on in D.C. But before we get into the current adventures in podcasting, uh, just want to let you know that you can email us at inblackandright at gmail.com. You can check out our website, inblackandright.net. Also, uh, just check out our online store. You'll find some great-looking merchandise. Uh, to uh, help us support the show or you can simply click on the upper right donate button to help us continue to grow and continue to maybe become top 10 black conservative podcasts I don't know but that will time will be the great determiner of that so let's get into the fun part of the day now of course uh, right now, the big deal is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy still dealing with Matt Gates after uh, his phenomenal speech uh, on the floor of the House yesterday. Um, let's see if I can see if I can find it because it is still very much. Uh, it was viral. It was seriously viral, that is for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, well, it might take me a little bit to find it, but if I can, I certainly will because it is, without a doubt, uh, one of the most amazing speeches that pretty much called Kevin McCarthy called him out essentially he called him out so let's see okay wait wait a minute hmm let's see now this is pretty oh never mind uh let's see Wait a minute, did I find it? Yes, I did. This very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. 
I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We've had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6 tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the speaker isn't real. At this point, during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Power of the subpoena and power of the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Okay, now that's just a little clip of Matt Gates yesterday. The viral clip that just was, oh my gosh. He, he made it quite clear uh, to McCarthy. It's like, you need to keep up with your end of the deal or, yes, we are going to uh, put up a motion to vacate the chair. And that's something that is really not in McCarthy's wheelhouse because if he has to get m m uh, Democrat votes to keep his speakership, I don't even want to know what he had to offer Akeem Jeffries, who is sort of the de facto majority leader of the House, what he's going to have to give to Democrats in order to keep his chair, to keep his speakership. Now, that is pretty dang scary. Um, but let's take a look here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now, something else that is very, very uh, scary right now, because right now, inflation is still here. It's still very prevalent. Now, from the, uh, let's see, there we go. Uh, from justinews.com, the headline, and income dropped, poverty soared under Biden, according to the Census Bureau. Inflation soared 7.8% from 2021 to 2022, the largest single-year increase in the cost of living since 1981. And yet, what do we have? We have people like Kamala Harris thinking that Bidenomics is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, okay. Have you even, uh, Madam Vice President, even looked at the price of bread 
in a grocery store? I have, and it's ridiculous. But what can I do? So, looking at this story uh, from just the news, now, and I'm just reading this, just this one little section. Income, meanwhile, dropped across an array of metrics. Real median household income declined by 2.3% from $76,330 to $74,580, while real median earnings of all workers dropped 2.2%. The drop was less severe among full-time year-round workers who saw a 1.3% decline. Inflation rose 7.8%, as I said just a bit earlier. Now, this just blows my mind because now we, the real clear politics polling average about Biden and the economy is pretty sick. You've got on 30 you've got 38% approval but you have 59% disapproval of how Biden is handling the economy. Duh. Now, of course, the happy talk and all of that is like, oh yeah, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. No, we're not fine. And as I said yesterday, September 30th is going to be your marker. It's going to be not at midnight, September 30th, the end of the fiscal year for the government happens. Now, what the Republicans do in the House and all the other goofballs in the Senate, and are we going to, they, apparently the Senate wants a continuing resolution and some of the leadership of the House want a the same thing, you know, and then you know you probably come up with some crazy omnibus bill, like last year, before the House majority took over. I'm like, uh-uh, nope. We we can't. We literally cannot afford it. We've already are dealing with two trillion dollar deficits right now right now and at the rate things are going with these seven trillion dollar budgets you're gonna end up with more of the same come the next year i mean this is not what the american people wanted this is not what speaker mccarthy promised this is, for all intents and purposes, a white-hot mess. And the real test of that is going to come on September 30th. Are they going to vote for regular order? Are they going to do the 12 separate appropriations bills and deal with real spending? I'm not, I hate to say it, but I'm not very hopeful I'm not very hopeful at all that we're going to get our physical house in order, not without turning into a bloody mess. It's that simple, and, I'm, and I really hate saying that.
I truly do. Ugh. But just hang on to your hats, folks. Because the fighting is going to get a lot more intense. Uh, especially when you need to, and I would simply say, hey, call. If, you, if your member of Congress is on the Appropriations Committee, I'd say, yeah, give them a, give them a, give them a call. Turn up the heat a little. Because it's going to be a full-on mess. The, the Appropriations Committee, the Budget Committee, Ways and Means, I, it's just going to be ugly. And I'm not looking forward to it, but I will be keeping an eye on, on it and monitoring it. Uh, but here, folks, a little something that I found very intriguing because if you believe the mainstream media, which you really shouldn't, you know, that everything is fine, everything is awesome, you know, they, they want to break out into that song from the Lego movie, everything is awesome. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. Because today, this was not a help. Now, Washington Post columnist David Ignatius um, has said today in the Washington Post that Biden should not run for re-election. Now, that has kind of thrown the White House into a bit of a, well, turmoil. A full-blown snit that has even caused the White House to contact media outlets, essentially dictating to them to focus and keep their scrutiny on the Biden impeachment inquiry. The White House telling, any, telling all these media outlets to, you know, to dictate their agenda. Now, if Donald Trump had tried that in during his presidency oh he would be absolutely crucified he would be the lead story for gosh i don't know how many days but oh well you can't do that you can't do that it's like, and yet the white house is doing it to cnn msnbc all these other media outlets to say hey you know keep your focus and scrutiny on the biden impeachment I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, jeez. I mean, that's not helpful. Um, David Ignatius, who has definitely been a voice for the administrative state for quite a while, that his column didn't help either. Uh, I mean, the whole thing with all these Democrats and and their plans to go after Trump and for whatever reason, it's like it's completely falling apart. Now, I love this because I've made this available on inblackandright.net. Now, this is from Jeff Clark from the Center for the Citizens for Renewing America. And he wrote probably one of, and he's a brilliant guy, 
very brilliant legal scholar. Now he's now that there's a second attempt to use the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, against Trump so that he can be taken off the ballot. Now I've gone over this before, but if you really want to see a very thorough, concise legal argument, just simply go to our website. Uh, it's not that far down the homepage. It'll connect you to this, and you can uh, you can print it. You can just read it uh, off the, off your computer or whatever. But what's really interesting about this, and I and I've done this before myself, and I am definitely no legal analyst, but Jeff Clark has done really from a legal and constitutional perspective probably some two some of the best work as to why this is pure and utter nonsense but I will do it again uh, I will read section 3 of the 14th amendment it's not very long but if you pay attention you'll know why this is a goofy idea now Quoting directly from section three, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. Okay, that's it. That's section three in a nutshell. Um, yeah, so now, Jeff Clark doing this, um, and reading his primer, I mean, I mean, this is good information. I, I've got it. It's uh, it's available to you. Just find the link on inblackandright.net. It'll take you, it'll take you right to this, and it will be an education for sure. But just this little bit of time that we had today, I'm reading just a little bit of Mr. Clark's primer. Now, the first thing he cites is Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has three elements. Demonstration that an individual took one or more federal or state oaths of certain kinds that, number two, the individual broke by participating in an insurrection or rebellion. And then, as a result, such an individual is barred from holding a defined list of federal offices. Now, if you heard me read section three, the one office that's not, or one or two offices that aren't mentioned are president, 
and vice president. Now it's talking about the electors of presidents and vice presidents, but not presidents himself. And on top of that, this whole thing about, they want to argue that as a, the whole statement of as an officer of the United States, now that's going to be decided I mean, unless you've got another wackadoodle unfair judge, the president and the vice president aren't even mentioned in Section 3. That right there tells you something. And, it's, and it does have a hierarchy. They start with federal, uh, federal level, and then it goes down to state level. But president is not in there. And given the fact that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment was done during the time of the Civil War, and to try to use this sort of novel legal theory of, oh, well, Trump, in no, no, no. Trump has never, ever been charged for insurrection or sedition. And the second impeachment trial pretty much made that clear. So, as such, if he's not even being uh, charged with any sort of sedition or insurrection, this argument is rendered moot. It's, it's rendered moot. But, oh my gosh. But apparently we've got some folks who are still all hell-bent for leather. Uh including Republicans and big fat cat donors. Those are the ones that really disgust me. And of course, they're just waiting for uh, some sort of big time indictment, or not an indictment, but a conviction. It's like, but it's not going to be for insurrection and it will be appealed pretty much all the way to the Supreme Court. So I don't know where some people are getting this from, but I would definitely read uh, Mr. Clark's primer. Like I said, it's available on inblackandright.net. Just simply scroll down a little bit on the homepage and you will find a link to it. And this will be quite an education for you. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. This story is a crack up to me because, well, now many of you know that the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, uh, signed this very unconstitutional uh, order to remove guns, people who are either open carry or concealed carry, out of the city of Albuquerque for 30 days. Well, We've got another little interesting twist in this because the Attorney General of New Mexico has stated publicly that he will not defend the Grisham lawsuits that have been filed against her. I'm like, ooh, oh, that's gotta hurt because this was blatantly unconstitutional 
and the Attorney General of New Mexico doesn't want to get in the middle of this, and, he, and why should he? This thing was a mess. I mean, you've got lawsuits all over the place. You've got members of the New Mexico legislature are calling for impeachment. I mean, this girl messed up big time. I mean, talk about screwing the pooch. Yeesh. That was not fun, folks. That was not fun at all. Now, you would think, you know, this is kind of unprecedented that a, a state attorney general will not defend a governor against certain lawsuits or anything else. I'm like, shoot, this thing's a loser. I mean, even real constitutional scholars, unlike yourself, Madam Governor, like Jonathan Turley, have already called this an absolute it's it's blatantly constitution unconstitutional i mean blatantly unconstitutional brazenly unconstitutional pick whatever adjective you want but this thing is a stone cold mess and there were last weekend uh rallies and protests because of this idiotic thing ay 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 it was pretty ugly I mean, there were just all kinds of folks there, peaceful, law-abiding citizens, carrying their guns out in the open, and having no, and no sheriff's office that I know of so far has come and said, nope, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to enforce this. It's like, they're not going to enforce this at all. No. And they've made it quite clear they're not going to. Oh, oh, baby. I I, I kind of like this because it's kind of like, oops, another gun grab, another blatant infringement of the Second Amendment. And even, like I said, even the Attorney General of New Mexico, Raul Torres, has said that he's not going to defend Michelle Grisham against the lawsuits that are filed against her. Whew. That you gotta love that. I mean, at least I do anyway. So I don't know what's going on, but I don't think New Mexico is going to uh, necessarily be off the map and off the news cycle uh, for a while, and that is for sure. Oh, but my friends, I'm going to call it a day today, and I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we're available on all uh, podcasting platforms, big, small, and in between. Just look for in black and right, and hey, sign up, follow, subscribe, get notified when new episodes become available. But for now, my friends, I'll just say thank you so much again. God bless you guys. I will see you tomorrow. And as always, remember, patriots come in all colors. <laughs>